You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of At the Diner on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Mike Lunsford. Joining me for another rousing Star Wars episode, I've got the co-founder of the Great Geek Refuge. His name is Steve Monick. Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. <laughs> We've also got the very talented artist. He's also good with the words loquacious, if you will. Um, oh. Yeah. His name is James Rambo. Hey, hey. So, when last heard on the airwaves, we were talking about the things that we liked and what we disliked, and how we felt overall about the uh, the sequel trilogy um, when it came to the Star Wars installments. What I wanted to do is, is I wanted to talk a little bit in this episode, because we've done this before where we've done rewrites, and we got really, really, really in-depth with the prequels. I don't think we need to do that per se. Like... What I want to do is, is I want to talk about some of the things that we that could could have been tweaked with these movies that really would have fixed them. Because, as we mentioned in the prior episode, there were some great moments and some really awesome things that happened that just didn't get expounded upon. Or the focus was on other things when it should have been on these. And, like Rambo mentioned, like how badass Kylo Ren was that he was able to just hold a blaster bolt with the force and like wasn't even really focusing that hard. Like normally you see something like that, like somebody's like sweating and struggling. He's just like like offhand. He's just like, hey, just stay right there, blaster bolt, don't move. I got to talk to this asshole. Um, where's my fucking map? And like that, that was awesome. It was amazing. Like the little kid with the broom at the end of Last Jedi. Um, Lando's conversation about Luke and all the cool dope shit that they did in the past. Like, these are the sorts of things that I'm talking about. So I want to start with um, Rambo. Let's start with you. Um, give me some things that, like, y- that you think really could have fixed this trilogy, made it better. Like, that would have, I mean, and if you need to overhaul the whole damn thing, go ahead. We'll, we'll rebuild the whole engine. But we'll, we'll let you kick this thing off. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think that effectively scrapping all of rise of skywalker would be a good idea um there's yeah uh, uh, colin trevorrow um what steve was talking about in the last episode 
with regard to Colin Trevorrow and what he wanted to do with the Duel of the Fates thing. Um, all of that looked so fucking interesting and so cool. Um, I think if I was going to make any significant changes, uh, you know, without being too specific, I would say that the biggest change that needs to happen is there needs to be a unified outline and story bible for the entire trilogy um, so that you can work out these story beats ahead of time. I don't really understand. It, it, it must have just made better financial sense somehow to um, to go movie to movie. Um, it's especially confusing coming from Disney, who, like, their whole... Like, Disney of late has been making the most money off of a film franchise that is incredibly tightly knit, wherein all movies tie into all other movies. Um, so the idea that they would be like, ah, loosey-goosey, you know, whatever, um, is really strange. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I think it really just, like, just a quick aside here, it really speaks to how awesome Kevin Feige is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, um, that, and I think that they realized with the MCU, they had to start from nothing and build a universe. Whereas when they were purchasing Star Wars, they went, "Cool, we have a universe. Now we just got to make some movies in it." Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's funny. It's not dissimilar to when you look at the performances from the original trilogy versus the performances in the prequels in the original trilogy, George Lucas was just some fucking nerd, right? He's just some guy who, who has like a cool idea and we're gonna make a movie. Great. So when he gives bad direction and Alec Guinness hears it and he's like, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want. Um, but then you know, you fast forward 20 some odd years or 10, 15 years and you get, he's not, he's not just, he's not just like George, he's George Lucas. Um, and you have Academy award winning actors, BAFTA winning actors giving wooden fucking performances in these movies. Um, like consistently one of the best people in the prequels is Ian McDiarmid. And it's because Ian McDiarmid is a career actor who doesn't give a shit what George Lucas has to say in terms of how he should tweak his performance. Um, the 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 reverence spikes in the in the inter, in the intervening time, um, and the idea that you know I, I don't think that Disney thought that they couldn't you know play around, but I think Steve makes a good point in that it was about adding movies to an existing franchise, not creating one from scratch. And because of that, you, you know, it just feels irresponsible. It feels like kind of sloppy and, and half-assed. Um, and it, it does still kind of truly blow my mind that they would drop the ball to such a degree. Um, so yeah, even if, even if you were going to have different directors come through for each movie, I think having some sort of solidified timeline and and basic overall story beats of what needs to happen is super important. And it doesn't like, hey, maybe I'm talking out of my ass and they actually did have that. Uh, I'd be shocked if that were the case. Um, but it, it feels like 
a really strange boneheaded move to make, um, particularly for such a, a gigantic moneymaker. Um, I mean, hey, who am I to talk? Like, they made $5 billion off these movies. Um, but, like, it could have been even better. Like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker was, was very much a reaction. Like, Last Jedi is a sequel to The Force Awakens. Rise of Skywalker is a reaction to the fan reaction. And fan is used very liberally here. Um... Uh, the fan reaction of The Last Jedi. So much of, of Rise of Skywalker seemed to be about undoing what The Last Jedi did. Um, so yeah, I think that overall my, my biggest change would be, um, you know, if you want to maintain that, that, that sort of reverential background stuff on, uh, um, on those three movies, the third movie isn't necessarily... The third movie it's its first opportunity to be sort of its own original work while still paying things off, um, from the franchise overall. And Abrams is the worst possible choice to end, not just a trilogy, but the final film in a nine part epic. Um, cause JJ Abrams doesn't give a shit about endings. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care. And like, that's not me. Uh, um, like that's not supposition. He gave a TED talk where he said almost that thing verbatim. His whole, like, he is a hundred percent all about the journey, not about the destination. And it's like, dude, this last bit is almost entirely destination. So you need to care. Um, and that's kind of why I think so much of, of what happens in Rise of Skywalker just falls flat because it's supposed to be payoff, payoff, payoff. But at the same time, there's all this new stuff being introduced and it just, you don't give a shit. Like it's, it's, it's a lackluster hand job. Like I just didn't, <laughs> it just bummed me out, on, man. That's going on the band list, man. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I know I'm being really vague, um, that's okay. but it's, it's hard to, it's hard for me to, you know, okay. You know what? I'll be a little more specific. You know what the biggest thing they, sh they should have done was? Stop being so reverential to the goddamn movies in the franchise. And by that, I don't mean plot stuff. I mean the actual construction of the movies. It is not uncommon for uh, characters played by name actors who could do really amazing things to pop up, have a line, and then disappear. And that's frustrating. What's happened you know, in the, the, the 30 plus years that we've had the Star Wars franchise is storytelling has changed to some degree and fan expectations have changed. Um, so when you get things like, you know, you know, oh, Captain Phasma, she was just wasted. You know, she just, she was just there and then she dies and that sucks. <laughs> I had forgotten that she was a character until you <laughs> just, just mentioned it. And I'm not saying that to be like joking. I mean, we've been talking that entire podcast about what we loved and hated she didn't even come into my mind, dude. Like, wow. Well, that's the thing. If you look at her, like, if you, so if you look at her from a modern context, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. She looks really cool. She has a couple of lines. There's clearly some animosity between her and Finn. And then they fight and she's dead. She's, um, she's this trilogy's Boba Fett. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. 
because that character has more to to say and to be said about her in the expanded universe, which is exactly what happened with Boba Fett. It's very interesting to me that so many fans and so many people who have been fans of Star Wars for so long still miss out on some of the core tenets of the story, which is I want all of your money. So I'm going to expand this across as many different pieces of media, media as I can to get all of that. But also from a non-cynical standpoint, um, it's about, it's about world building on a galactic scale. So you get stuff that is really cool and interesting and, 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 and there's so much you could do and explore with that. And then it's gone. And you're like, but I, what, what are you going to do with that thing? Is that, is that even going to happen again ever at all? Um, and, and it's, it really adds, it really serves to sort of flesh things out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of talking in circles at this point. It's, it's all good, man. Like it, I think what you did is going to be a little different than what Steve and I are going to do, which is fine. You're giving us kind of like the, the, the big picture. Like these are the things that you could tweak. Steve, give me kind of your take, man. What, what are some things that you would have yeah. changed? No, but frankly, uh, Rambo's macro point is the point, though, is the oh, fact oh, that 100%. that there is, you know, when, you, when you're talking about like, well, how do you fix it? Well, to fix it is go like, well, what was the key problem? And the key problem is that there it's like that game of, of if I start telling a story and they go and Mike go and then Mike yeah. tells part of it and then Rambo go. And like we could tell kind of a story. But if you don't have an outline, at least a basic plot of like, what are the beats that we need to hit? What is the main thread and the main story that we want to tell across these films? You are going to get that dissonance from film to film to film, regardless of actors or directors or, or actual like the written plot points. If you don't know your major themes and your major beats, you're going to have a much bigger problem. Um, for me, if we're going to zoom in on, OK, now let's pretend that there was a unified story. To me, the biggest hurdle for the three films is it had a villain problem. There was no good conflict that was consistent from film to film. It's the First Order. And then it's not the First Order. It's really more about Kylo Ren versus uh, uh, Snoke. And what they're going to do is he going to be a bad guy? Is he not going to be a bad guy? Okay, now it's Palpatine. Like, and, and he'd planned this whole long, and now there's a Sith. It's like, no, none of that. You need to have a uniformed you know, conflict for our heroes to face against and to grow against and to maybe fail against. And, the, and they fall apart like that like happens kind of an empire. Like we need to have some consistency there. And that's the, the first like actual plot story thing that I would address primarily. Yeah. What did you guys think about Snoke? Like, let's just real quick, like round table. Is Snoke a strong enough thing to carry all three films? My personal opinion is no. But what do you guys think? Here's the problem with Snoke. He's vague. In The Force Awakens, he's just this thing. He's this big hologram. And he talks about the dark side. And he talks about this and he talks about that. You know what they did in Star Wars that they didn't do in The Force Awakens? Establish who was in charge and who wasn't. Because the First Order, like, are, did they run the galaxy? Do we know? Well, what's the resistance? Like, 
who's actually in charge of the galaxy right now? Who's running shit? Is it the New Republic? We have no idea. Like, there's there's no definitive, this is who's who. Like you said, there's a villain problem, but there's also a hero problem, too. Because are the good guys in charge? Yeah, they use Starkiller base to annihilate that star system. But, like, I, I sort of kind of know what that planet was. Like, granted, if I did a deep sea dive on Wikipedia or I read some books and shit like that, that's fine. But the movie should be able to tell the story on its own. And I have no fucking clue what happened. Like, it, it, it blows away the Senate, I think, um, of the New Republic. But again, were they already out of power because the First Order had taken over? Like, it, it's it's not powerful enough. And Snoke is not, they don't do enough with him. They start doing stuff with him in Last Jedi. But again, too, Ryan Johnson, who must have, like, he must have to carry his balls around in a wheelbarrow, like, was like, hey, <laughs> this really cool bad guy, fuck him, I'm going to cut him in half. Like, that's that dude's got some balls, man. Like, he took everything that J.J. did in that first movie, and he was like, go eat a dick, Lost. I'm doing whatever I well, want. You know, it, it's funny. Like, you guys keep coming back to this sort of seeming animosity between uh, Abrams and, and Ryan Johnson, and I had never read it that way. Um, yeah. For me, it was much more about, you know, like I said earlier, uh, Abrams doesn't like an ending. Um, that also means that he likes to set things up regardless of whether or not he's going to pay them off. And, f you know, I read what happens with Snoke as just like, well, I'm paying this off. You, you know, you, you, you gave me this, you know, like we were talking about talking in the previous episode, you gave me this toy. Well, this is what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. If you didn't want me to do anything with it, you should have not have given, you shouldn't have given it to me or you should have said, this is what needs to happen with this. What I'm saying is, is like, first off, quit trying to make me like J.J. Abrams. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> um, no, and I, and I, I have no problem with him. I'm not going to be one of those fanboys who's like, I hate him. He ruined my childhood. No, I mean, he's done some cool shit. Um, what I'm saying is, is like, I feel like these two never talk to each other because like, couldn't a lot of this have been solved? Well, no, cause they didn't even know that, that JJ was going to direct the third one. They had no, no he wasn't gonna, cause That's it's supposed to be Trevor. right? Colin Why Trevor was going to do it. Why didn't the three of these guys and the people who are writing the scripts all get together and say, OK, so this is what I want to do with my movie and then be like, no, nah, that's not going to work because it doesn't fit with mine. All right. So let's fix this again. That that story Bible, there wasn't one. Or if there was, it was a shitty story Bible. And like it just didn't make sense. And like to answer kind of Steve's question, Snoke could have been better. But honestly, like if you're going to kill him in the second one, then Kylo needs to be the big bad period. Exactly. Because well, now, and, and like the other yeah. the other idea I have, but I'll get into that in a moment. Yeah. If you're gonna kill Snoke, Kylo takes his place, and Kylo's the big bad for the third movie. But then they're like, nope, we're bringing back crusty old Palpatine for no really good reason. And like, it it just unless they're gonna do a fourth movie, and Kylo's in charge, and Kylo's in command. And they start delving into where the First Order came from. And you find out it's from the Unknown Regions. And you find out that it's from this planet called Exegol. And then you find out that the Emperor has been pulling the strings the whole time. But you save that for the very end of Episode um, 9. And then in Episode 10, that's when you delve into the Emperor's shit. Because Kylo thinks that he's in command, that he's in charge, that he's the big bad motherfucker. But no, it turns out that, that Palpatine has been the one in charge the whole time. Like... That's the kind of thing that they needed to do. But it was like, nope, he's back and he's attached to this weird, like, swing arm thing. And, like, it, which I actually I thought was kind of cool looking. That, it was like, a cool visual. 
yeah, exactly, a cool visual. But then even even J.J. Abrams had disdain for the, the character he created for Snoke. He was like, oh yeah, look, look at these bits and pieces of Snoke floating in this tube. I got all these Snoke clones for no good reason, and we really don't understand why. It's just like, even J.J. fucking hated him for some reason, and it was his idea. Like, You know what's funny, and, and honestly scarier and potentially way worse? What if they had worked out the story beats? <laughs> what if this like, there there were all these meetings and they're like yeah this is the plan that's fucking dope yeah oh god like you were saying the set the hang on I wrote it down uh, uh I can't remember the name why can't I remember the name yeah um oh the lackluster handjob no these were <laughs> these were these were enthusiastic handjobs like. Hey, what if Snoke is completely worthless? Oh, that's fucking great. All right, your turn. Let me jerk you off. Yeah, it's... (laughs) What I, you know, I come back to, to, you know, the biggest failing for me being Rise of Skywalker because the first movie, you know, it it, it sets up Snoke as being the big bad and and he's going to be like the the one true villain throughout. And then it's like, no, no, it's going to be Kylo. Kylo Ren is the villain. He is the monster. Um, and you get like this really interesting uh, uh, um, conflict between him and Ray, where it's not just like you did a bad thing. And, and so I, I dislike you. Um, it's, you know, she feels drawn to him and not necessarily in a romantic way, but kind of in a romantic way, which like, eh, whatever. Um, I mean, he was walking around shirtless. <laughs> like, let's, I mean, hey, um, I'm not made of stone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I saw that scene, um, <laughs> so you, so all right, the Empire, right? The Empire are clearly space Nazis. Yep. So that means that the First Order are fucking proud boys. Yeah. Uh, First Order are all neo Nazis, and. The only thing worse than a Nazi is a neo-Nazi because a neo-Nazi looked back at the Nazis and was like, that's a great idea. Um, oh, I and so that they were in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, they're unplugged. You just don't fucking get it. You um, take the red pill, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Which, can I tell you, sidebar, can I tell you how much I love the fact that the matrix trilogy is really about being a trans person and being plugged into the matrix is about, uh, um, you know, or, or getting unplugged from the matrix is about coming into your own personhood and realizing who you actually are and being able to, to have your body match your, your, yeah. you know, your identity and all these fucking far right trolls are like, <laughs> yeah, red pill down. Like, Oh, are you transitioning? Cool, man. Good for you. What? Wait, no, no, no. no. <laughs> It's the same. It's the same thing with the Snowflake thing. Snowflake was really brought into the pop culture lexicon because of Chuck Palahniuk from Fight Club, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a novel about a guy who is so obsessed with his own dick that he blows shit up, and like is so like that. Oh, I have to be good in bed. I have to be good in bed. Like, it's a commentary on people like that, and they're using the term. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, and they don't even realize it. Like it's it's like, it, yeah. Tyler's the villain, dipshits. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, uh, 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 Proud Boys. Uh, Proud Boys of the First Order. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> um, all right. So with 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 the Nazis, you have a unified figure in Hitler. 
right? There's the that's the boss. That guy's in charge. Um, with neo Nazis, it's sort of an open thing where like there's no centralized leadership and there's no. It's just it's it's not about like at least with the Empire, it there was a structure. <laughs> With the First Order, it's just about power and hate. Um, and that's what I love so much about The Last Jedi, is it, it's it's looking back on these movies and being like, okay, what one, what is the, what do these things represent? Two, how do they represent them in a modern context? Three, how can I do something interesting with that? Yeah. Um, and Rise of Skywalker is really more about, like, well... Uh, Palpatine was scary. Let's make him scarier. That's scary. Oh no. Oh, he's a bad guy. Um, got Death Star tech on our yeah. Star Destroyer. Oh man, like it's it's bigger and even more scary. Like fucking. Yeah. Again, little kids playing with action figures. Oh, Star Destroyers. We can take those out. No, yeah. these have Death Star lasers on them. <laughs> I'll take the Lego Death Star beam and put it on my Lego Star Destroyer, and then we'll fly it around. <laughs> they attach together so easily. You guys are so screwed. Oh, yeah? Oh, well, and we like, have the magic dagger. Shit. And, like, hey, uh, uh, Johnson is not immune from, you know, take like pulling yeah. pulling that kind of nerd shit from the previous movies. Yeah. Like, the battering ram at the end of, of the movie like they literally say it's miniaturized Death Star technology, and I was like, "All right, whatever." Like it, it, it kind of gives me an eye roll. But so much of the rest of the movie is so good that I'm like, "You can have that one, man." You yeah. know what though? Steve can speak to this too because I know he read uh, almost all the novels uh, too. They do that shit in the novels as well in the legend stuff. Oh like, yeah, yeah. They ramp up the super weapons. Like you're talking like the oh, yeah. Sun Crusher and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah I've seen there, some there's, of those. They, there's some real crazy stuff and then and not even just the weapons but then like the the force entities like abeloth and stuff where they get yeah. into some really like and it's the same thing as anything else like it's the same thing as power levels in dragon ball z it's the same thing there in superhero movies like there's power creep where yeah. you you know iron man cannot keep fighting people at the iron monger level eventually you have to get to thanos and it, the longer your series goes it has to get more and more dire bigger badder horrible yeah. villains you know it happens with every franchise that is not a star wars unique thing at all yeah but but back to the villains right so i mean uh, you guys kind of hit on the one way it could go is the let's keep it insular in that they're setting up some kind of first order Kylo's like, I'm taking over this bad boy and killing Snoke, like basically up to that part in Last Jedi. And then Rise of Skywalker is a can he be redeemed by Rey? And it would be kind of interesting to see him not do that as a parallel, like a like a perpendicular, like a, a it's the same cross section, but it goes a completely different way from Return of the Jedi kind of thing. I, I that's one really like, cool way to go. Right. That's a good story. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen kylo sitting on that throne that um palpatine was sitting on and like like stubborn i'm not i'm there's good in me and i'm still fighting it and he's visited by han solo that or, same i want to see him visited by anakin right is that what you're gonna say i want to see but, that too but like i want to see essentially like almost like a concerted effort from all these people that are part of his past to like remind him like you don't have to do this. Like, 
Han would be the tipping point, but I want there was they talked about the potential for a scene. And I don't remember where the fuck I saw it, so I can't even say that it was like legit, but it just seemed like a cool idea where Kylo Ren basically sees Darth Vader being like worked on more or less, like repaired and put together. And like he's seeing this through like a force vision and like thinks that he's just like an outside observer and fucking Anakin like turns and looks at him. Ooh. Basically, like, stares him dead in the eye, saying, like, motherfucker, this is what you got in store for you. Like, you want you want to be a badass? You want to be a dark side? Like, you want to see what my life is? Like, asshole? Like, if, I'll finish what you started. What, getting chopped into pieces and lit on fire? Oh, and put both, in a walking iron lung? Like, both Ghosts of Christmas Past and Ghosts of Christmas Future all at the same time. That's exactly, fucking cool. Exactly. This is the <laughs> shit that I saw. This is what I wanted. And, like... I'm going to delve into it real quick and then you guys can can jump on it. Like, I I hate doing this because it makes me feel like a hack. But, like, I wrote these things for a reason, these stories for a reason, these articles for a reason, because these are the things that I thought would have been cool as shit. I love the idea. And I've gone back to it a couple times. But I had some other theories, too, that maybe Ray is like Revan from um, Knights of the Old Republic, which is a good theory. But I didn't like it as much as I like the, the, the idea that Ray is um, is the chosen one. Because you mean this generation's chosen yeah. one, right? Like, yes. I just want to clarify, like, yeah. there are those theories that, like, the Force, like, reincarnates kind of like, you know, like yeah. the Dragon Reborn kind of thing. Like, it's not a similar soul being born in new bodies. It's a unique no. person. This is what this generation needs in the Force, right? Exactly. And okay. Here's, okay. Why, here's why I think that would have worked. She, she's in Maz Kanata's place, right? This box is calling to her for no reason. Um, she picks up this lightsaber and all of a sudden she has every single memory that's ever been associated with this thing, this lightsaber. But what does that lightsaber have in common? The fucking chosen one. Like Anakin Skywalker handed this shit and then he passed it on to his son. So Luke, not the chosen one, but guess what he is? He's the son of the chosen one. So all of these memories, all of this stuff is all attached to this because, and that's why she's so easily able to pick up on it because she's the chosen one. And like they've established throughout Star Wars that the force has a will of its own. And like, not only that, like the force does this to balance shit out. Everybody says it. Fucking Snoke says it. Luke says it. And Luke even says the force doesn't belong to the Jedi to say that the Jedi, if the Jedi die, the light dies is vanity. Like, they all acknowledge that this thing exists out there that they don't really understand, but they can tap into. Nobody truly understands it. It's kind of like it, if you're a Christian, the, the idea that you understand God completely. You can't because he's God. Like, he's yeah, the unknowable. difference between faith and religion, the Jedi were the religion yeah. force is the faith. Like, it's this big ethereal thing that yes. can't be understood fully. Yes. And that's and that's what I wanted from Ray is I wanted Ray to be this thing and never to understand it because that's where they were going with this is like she doesn't get it. Who were your parents? Nobody. OK, well, fuck, what am I supposed to do with that? You're going to have to figure it out for yourself. And that's what I loved about Luke's journey, too, is, yes, OK, Luke's train. Luke was trained by Ben uh, by Ben Kenobi for like, I don't know, 35 minutes like he was trained by Yoda for a weekend course, like the kind of shit that you sign up for at like, you know, the Dagobah Hilton. Like if you're trying to become like a real estate magnet, like it, it, he didn't get the full training that other Jedi had. Luke had to seek this shit out for himself. 
And that should have been the lesson that he taught Ray at in, in Last Jedi. Listen, kid, you have the force. You have incredible abilities with the force. There's only so much I can teach you. And she's like, but can't you teach me? Can't you teach me? Can't you teach me? I had to learn this myself. I'm giving you the tools. Here's all these fucking books. You know, you're going to have to make this journey on your own. And that's what the third movie is about is like, what am I supposed to do? I got this weird, like tingling in my pants for Kylo Ren right now, but he's, he's fucking evil. Like he's trying to destroy the universe and take over. Like I need to do something about that. And that conflict between the two of them, he's so goddamn stubborn. I'm not turning back to the good side because what I'm doing is right because I'm mad at my mom because my mom sent me to go live with my uncle and my uncle was a jerk and tried to kill me. Did he really try to kill you, Ben? Or was he like, man, this kid's got some dark shit going on in his life. Like he's, he's an angsty teenager in a 30 year old's body the whole time. The whole goddamn time, he's so mad, he's so angry, he's so, like, err. And then, like, what ends up deflating that? Uh, getting killed by Ray, And then his <laughs> his dad being like, would you knock this shit off? You're a good kid. And, like, that's what you need, is, like, maybe he realizes that in the very end. And, like, realizes that the only way that this is going to end is if he sacrifices himself destroying the thing that he created. This is bad. Ray, you need to save this universe. I can't do it because I fucked up. And that's the really nice redemptive version, right? Yeah. There's also the version where we carry out the idea that there's a philosophical difference where he thinks that power and specifically the force, which is in his mind, the ultimate version of power yeah. is for the select few, the strong, the chosen ones, the ones that are smart enough, good enough to, to grab it. And so the first order is his execution of military power. He's the strongest force user. And even when he has that vision with Vader, he basically goes like, yeah, I'm going to finish what you started. Like, you ended up in this robot body because you weren't good enough. I am. I have the right bloodline. I have the right whatever you know he he takes right. it on to that whereas ray is the complete counterpoint to that she is the nobody from a desert planet that was abandoned by some drunk terrible parents um and the force is the thing the entity that kind of bestowed the power on her to show the complete opposite of that um and and they clash it ahead and the ending there that's the direction you have to go if you're going to go with the yeah, she does not bring him back to the light side kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And yeah, you're man, diametrically opposed uh, philosophically. So that, that, oh, sorry, you go ahead, Rambo. That's, that's just the last No, point. no, no, a hundred percent that like you can, you know, like, what I like so much about the last Jedi is that the last Jedi actually has something to say. It's not that all of the other movies are completely frivolous and there's, there's no subtext of any kind, but the Last Jedi is actually examining things, um, and and putting things in in a, in a proper context. And what y'all are talking about, you know, and what Steve was just saying, you have really two options: are we going to redeem Kylo Ren or are we not? And if we aren't, then it's essentially I ha I know a guy, and he seems really cool, but he's also clearly going down the path of fucking red pill racist proud boy guy yeah so i'm gonna try and put in the effort to uh, uh to stop that and to bring him back from that sort of awful bigoted shit 
But at a certain point, it's not about what I'm doing. It's about what he's doing. So, you know, he can, you can have the, the, the story be like, no, he realizes that this is, this is not the way to do things. This is, this is the wrong way to go about it. Um, uh, or no, I am right. Um, these people are inferior and, uh, should be thankful that I don't slaughter them and mass. And either way, a commitment to that works. But what we get is this sort of like, eh, it's redemptive, but it just kind of happens really quick in the last scene, you know, in the last movie. The, the conversation between Ben and Han does affect me, and it is it is well done, but it could have had so much more weight. Yes, exactly. And you know, you, you don't get that because again, it's not about the ending. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm giving this because I'm supposed to give you this. So here you go. Um, it's, it's a fucking bummer. Um, but yeah, full on <laughs> commitment to, to one or the other would be really interesting because then you can, you can continue the through line started, uh, um, it really started with with the Force Awakens, and then and then furthered in in Last Jedi, which is um, good when 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 good comes together, it is stronger than bad. When when good is organized and when good unites, it is more powerful than evil. Um, Rose, with, with a line what is it? We're not gonna that that we how we win not by destroying things we hate, but by saving the things we love. Yes, yeah. like. That's fucking powerful shit right there, man. Like that, that is, that's an idea you can apply to your life across the board. Um, and it could have been revisited in rise of Skywalker yep. because they're, they're fighting at the end. Like, and that's the other thing too. Like just quick aside, fuck. I wanted better lightsaber fights. We didn't have enough. <laughs> like I want more, I want more lightsaber battles. The best one was in the first one was in force awakens. This, the third one had some decent ones, and that one in the throne room was okay. But, like, it really wasn't even a lightsaber battle. They were fighting those Praetorian guards who had a bunch of weird fucking ninja weapons and shit, which, those were cool. But, like, again, you have the two of them going at it at the end, and they're fighting, and he's angry and rage, and you're not the chosen one. I am. That's the other part of this, too, is he's pissed because he thinks he's the chosen one. I've got the bloodline. I've got, I'm a fucking Skywalker. Like you're just some piece of shit from the desert. Like, and he's pissed because he feels again, it it's what I was saying before. It's the aristocracy versus like the force doesn't give a fuck what you think. The force does what it wants and it gave it to who earned it, not who inherited it. Like mine's got yeah. all sorts of fucking subtext and shit. Like it's well, like, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's the, uh, um, uh, I, I don't think you've read it, Mike, but Steve, did you, have you read um, the old Kyle Rayner Green Lantern stuff? No, I can't say that I have. All right, Rain, so... Rayner was the one who took over after... Immediately um, after Hal. After Hal, like, destroyed everything. Hal flips his lid. Um, fucking love that guy. Goes, it goes real bad. Also, oh, my no. apologies, Mike. I absolutely assume you would know about that. Um, no, it's cool, dude. Like, I just... Parallax is my jam, dude. Oh, like, I, I think I've told cool. you that before. That like Parallax is like one of my fucking favorite storylines of all time. It's so like, goddamn good. Hey, rebuild Coast City. No, you know what? I'm gonna kill all of you. How about that? It's like, but like, you, 
but you could. They're like, yeah, not only are we not going to help you, um, you're going to go to to Green Lantern Jail because <laughs> you tried to use your ring for personal gain. And he's like, okay, we're going to see how this works. How about I shove um, my ring up your ass? How's that sound? Like, so, you know, short version, uh, Hal flips out. Uh, like, greatest of the Green Lanterns, um, you know, goes through a lot of really fucked up trauma really quick and can't handle it. And so he loses his mind and he uh, attacks a bunch of other lanterns and eventually he, he fucking destroys the main power battery and absorbs all, all the power. But like before he's able to do that, the remaining guardians of the universe um, convert their bodies into energy so that they can make one final ring. And there's one guardian that, that is given it and like, and, and they're just told, he's told, find somebody um because the way the green lanterns work it's you know the there's a, a, a effectively like a mogo the, this giant planet-sized lantern scans the universe for people who would be good lanterns um and routes the rings to them so if, if one dies uh immediately the ring pops off and just goes and finds the next the next green lantern uh in the sector um i saw that in the in the ryan reynolds movie yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> so well done, Steve. Well done. Oh, <laughs> uh, you had to ruin it. Um, so so you know what what Hal does is he completely destroys the entire infrastructure and 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 um and process by which they choose lanterns. So when uh, Ganthet, who's the the lan- the guard- guardian who gets the ring, when he takes it and he and he disappears he just reappears in front of somebody and it's just this dude in a back alley who is handed this ring. And he's like, you got to take this bye, And then he disappears. And it's this guy, Kyle Rayner. And Kyle is this dude who is just that he's just a guy. He is not someone who would have been chosen to be a lantern. Um, and so everything that Kyle does is, so much more difficult for him because he doesn't have the natural aptitude that most Green Lanterns have. Um, one of my favorite examples is there's a story uh, uh, where him, the Flash, and Wonder Woman are all in a small, uh, this little tiny town in in Russia, and a and somebody activates a nuclear weapon, and the and that's the that's the end of the issue. The next issue picks up and there's this green dome over the town. Um, and the flash looks at Kyle and he's like, dude, I barely even registered that really good job. And he's, and he's so impressed with his friend and Kyle is sweating bullets and (laughs) he is, he's gripping his, 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 he's using his, his one hand to grip the other, other arm that has the ring on. And he's like, dude, do not talk to me right now. If I blink, we all die. You never see John Stewart or Guy Gardner or Hal Jordan or any other big deal Green Lantern sweating when they're working. And all Kyle is doing is putting up a single shield over a small area. Kyle and Ray have a lot in common in terms of they, they wouldn't necessarily have been chosen. Like Ray wouldn't have become a Jedi, but she was, she, she, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, some people are born into greatness. Others have greatness thrust upon them. It's that it's, it's, you know, through whatever circumstance through whatever happenstance, she has become the person who's going to, to, to help the balance out the, the force. Um, 
And that's really interesting, and that's really cool. And what Rise of Skywalker does is undercuts all of that and dismisses it. And he goes, no, 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 no. It's because uh, of who your granddad is. And it, 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 it doesn't just... Not only does it not have something to say about the larger context of Star Wars and storytelling in general, it shits on and it, 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 it dismisses the entirety of, of arguably the most thoughtful Star Wars movie in the entire franchise. And yeah. fucking hell, man. <laughs> and I think there's a delineation, too, between aptitude and why you have that aptitude. Like, I'm totally fine with Rey being extremely powerful. It's the why is she extremely powerful that I think is going to define how the movies progress and how they're interpreted and, and, and the meaning and the theme behind them. Uh, the way I, I've always uh, equated the Force to in, in um, you know, Star Wars, the way I always interpret it is it's like people who are, are – uh, their ability to sing – and there's some people who are born, you see kids like on America's Got Talent, they're like eight years old and they're like perfect operatic singers, right? There's some people that are just born with amazing abilities. There's some people who have to work slavishly their entire life, like eight hours a day to be amazing. There's some people who will never work on it and they aren't good at it. And there's some people who will try really, really hard and they'll be kind of okay. And that's kind of how I pictured the Force is that like the real like powerful Jedis are the ones that were born with a high aptitude. And they worked their butts off and got to levels that just other people can't get to as a combination of hard work and God-given ability. And I'm totally fine. You know, and some people were calling it like Mary Sue kind of level. I'm fine with her being born with an amazing aptitude and she has a natural ability and she's just tapping into this stuff that she's kind of always had. And then Luke is the one who takes that like strong like steel that she already is and turns it into a fine edge into an actual blade that can do something um and i don't think those things are contradictory at all but the reason that she has a strong aptitude is because she's a palpatine is the part where i'm like come on that's where you take the the theme and twist it to a place where i didn't want it to go yeah Yeah. same it's it's frustrating across the board because of that but i just i i've always been a big believer in at the very core of a good story is a struggle between two people and if you look at all of my favorite movies i i've I've noticed this because you know i've got time now to do things like this (laughs) um i was rambo and you and i were talking about it last night on uh on uh i am um, we were talking about um, A League of Their Own. Fuck yeah, we the, were. <laughs> that movie is great because of all sorts of things, but the best thing about that movie is that struggle between Kit and Dottie. And in the end, Kit ends up winning out because she wanted it more. Like, there's this theory that, like, oh, Dottie dropped the ball on purpose, and that's why, you know, the, the racing bells win the World Series. Nah, dude, because Dottie wanted her to strike wanted to strike her ass out. She was like, hey, throw throw high heat because she can't hit it. She underestimated her sister. Had that pitcher throw high heat, and then Kit got a hold of one and took that shit to left field and was and the 
third base coach was like, now nah, kid, don't come around. She's like, fuck that noise. I'm going to run over my sister. <laughs> and like barreled into her full speed. And Dottie the whole time is like, bitch, I'm better than you. And Kit's like, I want it more. And that is what ended up winning. The, and, and that's what that movie's about and at its core. That that's what this that's what this series should have been about. It should have about, been about Ray and it should have been about Kylo. And that end fight should have been about the two of them and not some wrinkly old ball sack who shows up for no good reason being like, I'm going to drain all your force powers and then I'm going to be back for no good goddamn reason. Like it, it should have been about the two of them in the very end. Agreed. And, and I think if you want to go, OK, how do we do the redemptive version of Kylo? But we still want to have some kind of enemy. Uh the one of the more malign stories from the uh, expanded expanded universe, like what's now the legends, uh, is the Yuuzhan Vong. Um, yeah. And for those who might not know, they are an extra galactic for entity. They hate the Force. They hate anything technology related. They're kind of Klingon-ish in that they have like this honor system. They're a warrior culture, um, and they invade the galaxy that the star wars uh you know folks inhabit um and they have this amazingly huge long war together um you know that's what the new jedi order books are about this use on vong war um and there are some good things and some bad things that you can take away from that um the idea of some outside force i think is the best way to, uh if you want kylo ren to be redeemed at the end you have Snoke and maybe some other entities, and they are a corrupting force. And not a corrupting force in that they're so powerful and they have this huge army or anything like that. It's just a bunch of dudes who are kind of strong with the force, and they don't use it to wield lightsabers. They use it to corrupt minds. And what they do is they feed into Kylo's like, I want to believe that I'm from this strong Skywalker bloodline. I want to believe that this you know, empire, this first order is mine to control. And that's how he starts out as a villain. And the redemption is Ray kind of showing him that like, dude, you are being a puppet to these guys who other than what you're giving them really have no power. They have no army. They have nothing else. There's this cabal of like five Snoke people or whatever. And you're giving them power. You're making what they're telling you true because you're letting it be true. And she opens his eyes to that he turns around by that point they've already wormed into the first order that's how you could redeem him and she opens his eyes to again the story is it does not matter where you come from or who you are it's what you choose to do that is important um, and you can make that the theme of the story now you have a big bad to fight kylo is redeemed they're working together he dies she dies whatever you can decide what what route you want to take at the end of that yeah. but that's the way to go the big bad is there but still have some merit and some story behind it. I like that. And one of the things that I'm just now I'm just adding on like to the things that I would have liked to have seen. It would I, I like that Han tried to redeem Ben Solo. But like I really wish that we had gotten a Leia and Ben because there's that force connection first off. So like and it was hinted in the books, um, I think it was the, the Thrawn trilogy, Steve, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, like, Leia could feel the Force connection with her and the twins when she was pregnant mm -hmm. with them. Correct. So, like, that's something that should always exist. 
you know, like she should always be able to connect with her son. And like the redemption of him, if he's going to be redeemed, should have been through her. But also at the same time, let's be realistic here. OK, let's say he does get redeemed. Oh, Kylo Ren's redeemed. A joke, really. But like he shows back up with the resistance and it's like, hey, guys, I'm Ben Solo. And they're like, you're fucking Kylo Ren. You killed millions of people. And like pose you're like, a fucking genocidal maniac. Yeah, and pose like you tortured me, you dick. Like I I've always like whenever people it's mostly like the Raylo people, the people who are like shipping the shit out of those two. And like Oh, he should have been redeemed. They should have had you know, force babies. No, fuck that. He is a war criminal. And like you can't just redeem those things. Like you can't just like show up and be like, hey guys, I had a really bad day when I blew up those six planets with my giant planet laser thing that I made. Um like it doesn't work like that. But like you can't really redeem him because of that. But at the same time too, like Steve, you mentioned this too, you know, about like finding your way one of the best things about the rise of Skywalker was the final message because it's like, you're a Palpatine, you're a Palpatine, you're a Palpatine. You can't change that. And in the end, Ray chooses who she is. She chooses to be a Skywalker. She chooses her own destiny. She chooses who she's going to be in her own identity. The, the sins of her great grandfather don't affect who she is. She can choose to be better than that. And I thought that was, I thought that was a powerful message uh, in that movie it wasn't really worked on enough because it probably should have been mentioned in last Jedi. If that was the plan, you know, like, but it, it think about this quick, quick, like structural change to the story, right? Last Jedi, she goes to that cave and instead of seeing like duplicates of herself and Kylo telling her that she's nothing, Kylo saying, you should join me. And you want to know why? Because you're Palpatine's granddaughter and you're like, what? Yes. It's an echo of empire strikes back big reveal of who your parentage is. Um, but instead of leaving with the resistance, she l saves all of them so that they can get away and they can escape. But she ends up going off on her own path mm. and you're left wondering with rise of Skywalker, is she going to turn to the dark side? Who is she? And that's her, that's the big reveal in that movie is when the resistance needs her the most, she shows up with a lightsaber and kicks some fucking ass. Like that one small change, I think would have completely changed that movie and like would have made it that much better. But again, you would have had to have had a cohesive story between Abrams, Trevorrow and Ryan Johnson, which they, they didn't do. I mean, fuck one dinner together is all they needed. <laughs> <laughs> like guys go let's go to applebee's they got those lemonade those electric lemonades for a dollar Let, let's get drunk as shit and let's write this script like uh. i thought you were gonna say you know ray has that, that that message in the cave she's conflicted and then that scene where kylo holds his hand out to her and she just looks at him and that is the last we see the either of those two in that film and you have no idea what her decision is. Maybe she's in the first order. Maybe she's by herself. Maybe she left. We don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I would have liked that ambiguity um, and that kind of cliffhanger going into Duel of Fates or Rise of Skywalker, whatever it's called at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Rambo, what say ye? I, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm 100% behind that idea. Um, I... <laughs> 
what is it, an, uh, an ounce of uh, preparation is worth a pound of per- perspiration. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think about your stories before you write them out. Uh, or before, you, or rather, before you fucking publish them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's not that hard. It's very hard. It's it very fucking involved. Um, a writing a second work. draft is awful. Uh, it's not as bad as writing the first one, but, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, if, if, you know what? The, I, I think that the way, in particular, the, the place that, um, the Marvel movies are able to really succeed. Um, more so than, than Star Trek, st- Star Wars stuff, more so than, so than Star Trek stuff, more so than, than uh, uh, the, the DC movies, is Marvel isn't afraid to acknowledge where it comes from. And by that I mean they get people whose job it is to write comic books professionally uh, to and, and, and to draw them. Um they get them as advisors. Uh, um, it's it's no different than hiring, you know, like a former police lieutenant to come in as an advisor on a procedural. Yeah. And seemingly what you what we got from a lot of the Star Wars stuff was it's not that people weren't fans. I'm sure they were. It's that number one, their their job is a screenwriter or a director or a producer. And you have someone approaching things, you know, sort of at a distance. Um, so you don't have them necessarily taking the same amount of time or care to um, really examine these ideas and kind of look at them from different angles. Um, and I think there's also something said for the the more assembly line machined kind of approach to making these movies. They, they were very consistent and very um, clear about the fact that like these movies are going to come out every two years flat out. That's, that's, that's how, how it's going to happen. Um, and so that, you know, that definitely puts a, uh, a timer on, on getting these things done as quickly and as efficiently as possible, regardless of, a, of whether or not the decisions you're making are the best ones for the story and for the film. So, uh, yeah, I'm just mostly bummed. Uh, it just, it just makes me sad. Um, cause they're not bad. Yeah. They just could have been so much better. That's, um, that's right there. The, you want great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We and all like, do. Here's the thing. I don't think there exists a great star Wars movie. Even empire has its fucking problems. Um, well, we just lost all our subscribers. Team <laughs> <laughs> it, Rambo. Well, I mean, like, it's 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 a matter of you know, I I think it's 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 really about acknowledging the fact that like it are does this trilogy better, worse, or or on par with the previous two? And I'd say at worst, it's on par. Um, yeah, like I, I'm with you because. Sorry to interrupt, but no, you're quick. good. You know what happened with the prequels? Everybody hated them when they came out, and we are roughly 20 years away from when they started. Right, 1999 is when Phantom Menace came out. Yeah. People look back on them favorably now. Oh yeah, a lot of folks do. Yeah, 
and like Star Wars I, memes, man, it's all freaking prequel stuff. No one gives exactly. a crap about the original trilogy. <laughs> exactly. And like, do I think that this will happen with the um, sequel trilogy? Maybe it's possible. But here's the other thing too: is what this has done is this has brought five billion dollars into a franchise that I fucking love, and it has mm-hmm. opened up um, the Clone Wars. We're getting more Clone Wars stuff. We're gonna get a whole new series. We're gonna get the Bad Batch. We got Rogue One. We got Solo. We're gonna get more stuff. The Mandalorian's fucking dope as shit. Like, there's great books and comics out there for in the Star Wars canon. There's there is gonna be more. So like, it's. I I wanted to address it real quick, and then I'll, I'll give you back the, you know, the mic, Rambo. Um, I'm so sick of seeing fanboys desperately wanting to be um validated in their hatred for this by sharing shit like oh they're gonna they're just gonna wipe the whole thing they're gonna Ugh. go back in time <laughs> and, and they're just gonna get rid of it no they're not that's they're not gonna, gonna wreck on all the movies no they're not no they're not it's a cool idea because oh, you're using oh, something oh, you're using something from rebels that that um world between worlds or whatever it's called i can't remember exactly the term for it but, like, it's a cool concept, but that's the thing. It's just because you go to the world between worlds and you can go do some alternate timeline shit, it doesn't mean that the other shit doesn't exist. Like, it, and here's the other thing, too, is if you want to do more stuff in the Star Wars universe after all the stuff that just happened with uh, Rise of Skywalker or whatever, fucking do it. Who cares? Yeah, bring it, it on. I'll, I'll, I'll take in some more. Great. Yeah, if I get Daisy Ridley as Rey Skywalker training Jedis and doing cool shit, I'm all for that. But have a fucking better story. Like, have a story that makes sense, that ties together. Let Johnson was supposed to get a trilogy, I think is what they said. Give him a trilogy, because he, he seems to really want to do some creative shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, they talked about um, females directing a trilogy. Um, give, um, keep giving Dave Filoni shit to do, because Dave Filoni fucking gets it. Like, he needs to be the Kevin Feige of this whole thing. I, I agree. I think that that's... You put him in charge, and I'm not going to do what a, what so many people are doing. Oh, we need to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. Fuck off. Like, she made $5 billion for this company. They're not going to get rid of her. That's the thing that I, I love so much, is whenever I hear one of these fucking nerds complaining about Kathleen Kennedy, and, oh, oh, she's going to get fired. They're going to fire her. I just sat down and did the math one day. And and worked out like how much money this franchise took in under her leadership, and I was like, "There's there's there's no fucking way, there's no way in the world that this woman is getting fired." And here's, and like, well, here's it, the... well, it could have been more. Yeah, it could have been. It could also could have been less. Here's the other <laughs> thing. I, I want you I want you to hear this. Okay, this these are movies that she's produced. Okay, just just listen to this 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 fucking like resume. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ark, Poltergeist, E.T., Creepshow, Twilight Zone the Movie, Gremlins, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, The Color Purple, Young Sherlock Holmes, Back to the Future, The Goonies, American Tale, The Money Pit, Batteries Not Included, Empire of the Sun, Inner Space, The Land Before Time. I mean, this is a fucking extensive list here, okay? No, not only that, hey, nerd boys, oh, let's let's hand it over to Dave Filoni. Guess what she's a producer on? Hang on, hang on, this is going to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> I'm going to whisper this into the microphone. She's a producer on The Mandalorian. <laughs> That's, that can't be. No. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. It's a lie. It's impossible. <laughs> There's no feeling. 
it's just like, and I'm not it. some industry expert, but the degree to which these motherfuckers just do not understand how, you know, if you make money for a studio, they're going to keep you around. Like Kevin Smith uh, uh, responded to, I think it was, it might have actually been at one of his evening his evening uh, uh, talks, yeah. um, where somebody was like, "When are you gonna stop making shitty movies?" Uh, and his response was, "Oh, um, well, never. As long as I want to make movies, people are gonna keep letting me do it. You know why? My movies are cheap, and they always turn a profit. So, as long as as long as I'm interested, people will keep giving me money for it. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly." If I had to pick one big blunder from the modern Star Wars stuff, it is hands down the firing of Phil Lord and Christopher Miller on Solo. And like, like that's not even this trilogy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you Ron, know, Ron Howard did a pretty decent job. He did. Sure. I, I was just fine with Solo. I had a good time with it. I actually want to rewatch it. Um, but... Fucking hell, man. You mean to tell me the guys who did 21 and 22 Jump Street and the Lego movie and Clone High, like, they're going to do a Star Wars movie? Oh, it's too funny. You hired two comedic directors. Yeah. And not even just the firing, but the the entirety of, of just the series of events is and the series of business decisions that happened Oof. with that film. Because they it's like they kept reacting to themselves in the worst possible way. You know, like, let's pour a bunch of money into it and hire these directors most of the way through. No, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Let's pay a bunch of money to do reshoots with, with Ron Howard. Oh, my God, we have spent so much money. Let's... Uh, let's not market this at all. Let's, let's, let's put it on some Denny's cups in the NBA, uh, halftime for a little bit. And that's it. We're not going to do anything. Dwayne Wade's going to be in the Millennium Falcon for a minute. That's it. Um, let's just release it. Let's just release it in in the summer and who cares? And, and, and they just kept making stupid decision after stupid decision. And you're right. It's probably in the top half of my star Wars film. Like if I was ranking them, like I liked the movie, <laughs> but just like the behind the scenes was so poorly executed. It, it just, hurt me a little bit <laughs> i um i want to share this because now I'm, I'm like not obsessed but like incredibly impressed with kathleen kennedy listen to this kennedy has produced uh participated in the making of over 60 films that garnered eight academy award nominations and earned over 11 billion dollars worldwide including <laughs> three of the highest grossing films in motion picture history as a producer um she's third behind kevin feige and steven spielberg in domestic box office receipts with over 7.5 billion as of 2020 so let's listen to this for just a second here this is this, this might fuck you guys up okay like i don't know if you're ready for this i got news for you and the fight of pieces of shit like Doomcock on youtube versus <laughs> kathleen kennedy <laughs> kathleen kennedy wins flawless victory every goddamn time Period. Your Disney's not going to be like, you know what, Kathleen, you've made seven point five billion dollars, but this fucking YouTuber man doesn't like you, so we're going to have to let you go. Like, it's not <laughs> fucking happen. You don't understand. He has like ten thousand followers. <laughs> and and some and some dipshit who started the rumor about um about Brie Larson saying that she didn't want men to go see Captain Marvel 
he supports he supports Doomcock too. So so you got two really big names against you, Kathleen. Mm-hmm. Seven billion. We don't care about that. We care about YouTube. Fans. Yeah, there's like, this giant country-sized pile of money versus these two YouTubers. <laughs> mm, you know we're we're nothing if not about our, our about maintaining our standards. Certainly not caring about how much money you make us. Uh, God damn it! They're just so <laughs> stupid. They're so stupid. Yeah. Blows my mind how dumb they are. Here, here's what I want to do. I want to wrap up on a high note, guys. Um, give me the most ridiculous thing that you wanted to see in the new trilogy, and I'll give you mine. Easy. At the at the end of Force Awakens, when Rey shows up on Octu, I wanted her to be like handing Luke that lightsaber, and Luke like looks at her, grabs the lightsaber, and then Mace Windu pops up and be like, check out this motherfucker. <laughs> and they train her together. And there's like an army of Jedi on Octu, and they're going to go fuck everybody up. That was my like dream sequence. There's no way it was going to happen. But like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that would be so cool. Steve, do uh, you have anything? Yeah, so you go ahead. Oh, oh, it's so it's so easy. It's so easy. The Darth Jar Jar theory is motherfucker. True. That's why I was gonna say yes, <laughs> just because we're best friends. Um, yeah, the uh, the Darth Jar Jar thing. <laughs> yup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that just anyone who doesn't know that there's like this ridiculous theory out there that has a modicum of evidence about it. It's a, it's about as much evidence as how Kathleen Kennedy's not good at her job. Uh, but <laughs> the, the same quantity, but it gets expanded into this whole theory about how there's a secret Darth Jar Jar and he's been puppeting Palpatine and all the events of star Wars. And that just plays out through a whole trilogy of movies. That would be the ultimate. That would be fucking amazing. Like you, would, you could actually do some, it, it would be really funny one, but you could also do some actually really cool shit with that. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that would be fucking awesome. God damn you! Um, <laughs> the, oh, I had something. Steve and Rambo agree on everything. Oh, oh, um, <laughs> clearly we have the same brain. Um, oh yeah, I uh, uh, I wanted I wanted Rise of Skywalker to end, and then a, narrat- a narrator comes out of nowhere really like dusky voice you can hear him like drawn on a cigarette and then fade to uh, a giant book that has uh what we've just heard uh written in the book so clearly it's been someone's been reading from it and a little metal hand comes and closes it and we pan out and r2d2 has been telling the story the entire time (laughs) only now he's like some weird noir detective He has like the little hat and trench coat on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's ring, it's ringing. And, 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 yeah. and the fucking cigarette. And the cigarette yeah. is hanging out of some little port somewhere on him. Uh, and it's, I don't know, um, who could do it? Clive Owen. Clive Owen is the voice of R2-D2. Nice. Uh, <laughs> can I, I, can, I can totally get on board with this as long as we make C-3PO wear a wig and a big hat and a dress and be the damsel in distress that comes into his office. The dame. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, oh, I have a case for you. Like I just, I, and then Anthony Daniels voice. Like it can't be a woman's voice. It has to be Anthony Daniels wearing a wig as C3. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> See, we just fixed star Wars. You're welcome. <laughs> have you guys seen these uh, shirts that are going around where, um, they're saying that R2-D2 is just an abbreviation and his like real name is like Reginald Dillingsworth the second. Like it's, 
something preposterous like that, but it's it's quite. And he's like wearing a top hat and he has a monocle and shit. It's it's quite quite entertaining. I have not. That sounds pretty great. Yes, quite wonderful. Yes, indeed. My, my yes. son has a little onesie and um, it has a little baby, like my four month old son. And he has a little pocket and R two sticking out, and above it it says "You are too cool," I think, that's... and it's a little R two. And I was like, yeah, that's the greatest thing I think I've ever seen. That is pretty fantastic. On that note, um, again, you're welcome. We fixed Star Wars. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, check out all the great episodes that we got. There's so many podcast episodes, man. And we just started a new stream. Hooray! We now have all of our sports content divided up. And Rambo, I'm going to thank you for this because you brought up a really good point. Um, the comic book shop that you uh, were employed at at one point or another, uh, Victory Comics, you said that they sold baseball cards. And this is what sold me on this. You said, yeah, we sell baseball cards, but we also sell comic cards too, but they're not in the same shelf. They're divided up. And I was like, that is a really good point. So GGR Post Game is the name of our new sports podcast stream. Same great content you guys have always had, but it's just in its own place. This, the pirate radio that you know and love, again, this is now at the diner. Same thing. It's nothing changes, just the name and our dope, cool, like logo that we have for at the diner it's you know on, on a on a plate of pancakes who doesn't like pancakes right i care about like pancakes so there you go i want to thank james rambo i want to thank steve monick i want to thank all of you guys out there for listening because again our numbers just keep going up and it's fantastic you guys are awesome thank you so much for sharing the podcast thank you for reading our articles and sharing those as well too we appreciate you um for all of us here at ggr um again guys stay safe uh, it, it's People are getting a little rowdy because we're all getting tired of quarantine. But the only way we're going to get out of this is if we keep making sure that we're staying socially distant, that we're washing our hands, that we're wearing our masks. And of course, as always, don't be a juice bag. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.